0: Welcome to the Thrive Infertility podcast brought to you by the Quillet Institute, your mental health resource to support you during your season of infertility. We are here to help you thrive. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is Kathy Quillett, host of the podcast and CEO of the Quillett Institute. Happy, what is it, third, fourth week now of January. We are surviving. Um, Hopefully we're doing a little bit more of thriving. That's such a big word for me here at the Quillet Institute. We don't just want to live and survive, we want to thrive. And so I hope that you're finding ways to do that here in 2021. Um, Y'all, I love my... Um, My guest today, I've spent the last hour uh, just chit-chatting with her, and I feel like I found a kindred spirit to me. Let me introduce you to
1: Tara Bradner. Hi. I agree. I could talk to you, I think, for probably two more hours. It's been wonderful. Yes. So let me tell you about
0: Tara. She works as a doctorate family nurse practitioner, and she's also a fertility coach. After enduring a long road through infertility followed by a traumatic pregnancy, she turned her heart into hope for others by forming the only infertility nonprofit in North Dakota and South Dakota, which also, if you know me at all, South Dakota has totally captivated my heart in the last year. In 2019, Tara initiated a grassroots effort to mandate insurance coverage for infertility care and cancer preservation to the North Dakota state legislation and is doing it again in 21. She's passionate about supporting those diagnosed with infertility and empowering them to be their own advocates. I wish that you would have been in my life a decade ago. She has combined her experience as a healthcare professional and personal struggle with infertility to help navigate infertility couples to their own family building path. Y'all, she's the real deal. And I love her. I'm going to say this out loud, but as a fertility coach, she has a lot of, yes, her own story, but lots of medical degrees and years of school. And I'm sure even student debt that comes with uh, getting her to this place of being a fertility coach. And so I value that um, professionalism in our community of coaches. So
1: I'm glad to have you today. Thanks for having me. And the debt is real deal right there. (laughs) Seriously. So
0: Tara, we, we talked, um, I read your bio, which is amazing, but who are you off of that piece of paper? I gave have your own story. Give us a glimpse of who you are, what makes you tick, but also share your story if you don't mind.
1: Right. I think we should cue journey. I'm just a small town girl, like living in a lonely world. (laughs) I live in a community of 750 people, but I reach and my, my hope and dreams is to help. If you have the diagnosis of infertility, let me help you. Let me talk to you. And especially those right here in North Dakota, South Dakota. But I did go through my own long infertility journey as well. And that totally changed my dynamic because I was the person not sharing. I did not tell more than five people about my story or diagnosis when I had it. And I went through, so the entire trying stage, but let alone the entire failed three IUIs alone. Hmm. And When I opened up about it, I found out my secretary was going through the same thing in my six person office at the same time. So that's really made me take a step back and be like, I need to share. And the more I share and the more we share, we can even help somebody in our close network of people too. Yeah. So I like to always start out with, I was not this person on top of a mountain shouting things. I was silent alone and struggling with, yeah, in the beginning too. And so my own story began. I like just like everybody else, let's try not everybody, but a large majority of people like try for one year and come see me when you can't have that happen in one year. And in that time, I had a miscarriage naturally. Mm-hmm. And you'll appreciate this side of my story, as is your medical background, but. I had this miscarriage and something, and that was like six months in, or maybe even a little longer, I stopped counting of trying. And something triggered in me medically, like, why? No one in my family, I have no reason to think that I should have issues. And when I brought that forward to my healthcare provider, they said, well, you know, you live two hours away from us. And if we do any further treatment, you're going to have to drive. And are you sure you want to do that? Maybe you should just wait, you know, when you're crazy enough from going through all of this, then you come back and let me know. So I had a healthcare provider say to me, when you're quote unquote crazy enough, which little did she know, I had just started counseling a month ago because of this journey. Cause I knew and I saw the need and I put myself into counseling mm. um, early on and she made that comment to me. And so I think it's even changed me as a healthcare provider you know, it definitely has going through this and how I approach anything that patients are going through.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so we went through, um, three at that point, I tried two more months on our own and, um, my, I had not shared that with my actual OB. That's not who the person was, but when I actually shared what had happened and where I was with my OB, she immediately referred me to reproductive endocrinology and started with IUIs the third IUI, I feel like I could write a chapter in a book about because it was when we had added um, like gonel F, like your injectables that round and living in rural North Dakota, I had to travel 90 miles one way just to have same day lab work and ultrasounds. And they were, did not have in my pharmacy or the local pharmacy, the medication I needed. I drove... I think it was 220 miles just to find out I couldn't get this medication, which had to be overnighted to me. And then I gave my trigger shot in a storm cellar as the tornado siren was going off. And my husband's like, leave it. I was like, I am not leaving it. First of all, there's probably not a tornado out there. And if there is, this is a very expensive shot I'm taking it with me. So I'll just give it because it was so timed, you know, 10, tweets to get the family pictures and get right?
0: shots. Getting the shots, yes. Fertility drugs.
1: Yes. And so I'm like, it's 1020. I don't care what's happening. The shots gonna go in. Let's do this. And then I couldn't find someone to cover my call shift to go and have monitoring lab work done that cycle. Found somebody, thankfully, last minute. I'm like, I have to go. And mind you, I'm not sharing too too much at this point. I am have been forced to share with my employer at that point. Like I have a disease that's very timed with treatment and I'm sorry, I can't give you a heads up because, oh, by the way, I have infertility. Like that's kind of when it came out was that third IUI round because I had to find someone for call coverage. Hmm. And then they couldn't get the speculum in and I'm bloated because I did injectables that round and we so we just joked we were like this cycle was done <laughs> from day one but let's just finish it and took a break we took a three-month break after that mentally oh, good uh, after that we were just done and I actually ended up completing a uh, health policy fellowship in DC during that time so it was a great time to just say we're done we're done for a while with this hmm. that's awesome but then you got an IVF then We'd went to IVF. I came back and we had known at that point, um, I had spoke to a family friend who works in the reproductive world and decided let's just IVF time, you know, what's going on? At that point I had unexplained and I was like, really? Like how do I have unexplained still when I just failed three IUIs, you know, it's just really like mind boggling. Do we do more IUIs? Do we do IVF? So we really educated ourselves because I think it's hard when you're a medical provider to be a patient. I don't think, I know, I know it's very hard to turn that off, like turn that switch off and be a patient and stop trying to figure things out on your own. So I had to release that control. And if I was going to release that control, where do I want to be at? You know, who do I want overseeing my IVF care? So we switched clinics um, for many reasons, but we did make the leap and we started IVF that October. Um, That was in the summer when we did all those IUIs, we jumped in in that fall to IVF and so we went through um, I had a canceled cycle I was ready to fly to Colorado and thankfully had a refundable ticket but was primed ready to go for that transfer and due to oh my gosh a whole nother frustration of like inexperienced ultrasound people reading my oh, good yeah Um, I fought that tooth and nail to try to get my $500 back because the clinic read it differently. The fertility clinic read it differently than the actual ultrasound clinic where I was at. And so that week I put on 1200 miles, just driving to labs, ultrasounds, and eventually the airport, um, so that's like a whole other dynamic, I think, to all things medical, but especially when you don't have access to that same day mm-hmm. here that infertility needs. It adds a whole other burden in finance, mm-hmm. financial stress, mental stress, physical stress, time off, got to explain to your employer, that whole thing too. And I ended up going, going to Colorado anyway, and I just went skiing with some family. And it was, once again, mental health break. I needed to like just do something that I once enjoyed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So regrouped the next month, did our transfer. We only had two embryos that were genetically normal. It was a boy and a girl. I knew this, the gender of them and transferred them both due to the grade of, of one of them. And just, you know, consulting with my medical provider too was what was best. And we found out we were pregnant and I was like, okay, it's twins. I mean, like there's no, I, at that point I should back up. I did have the diagnosis of endometriosis. I finally had a medical diagnosis. Got and it. I did, yeah. Did two months of uh, Depolupron before doing the transfer, which put me in menopause. Holy smokes. Whole nother chapter in a book right there. But um,
0: girl, I'm in it. Like the real deal menopause, oof. almost like eight years. I gotcha. Oh,
1: That's see, it's like. People need to know how bad that could be. You know, that's bad. (laughs) Seriously.
0: I remember being on Lupron and I was like the catatonic old woman Mm -hmm. in a nursing home. My husband would come home and I'd be like staring out the window watching birds.
1: (laughs) Because I couldn't do anything else. No, no. And at night, I mean, hot flashes, hair loss, mood, dysmorphia. It's like, it's bad. That's just been my (laughs) thirties. Too early. We got to, no, you can't. It's yeah. so early. <laughs> so yeah. bad for you. I do. But now you have a. I have a three-year-old son. Okay. And so I do grieve the, the, the girl embryo. I feel yeah. like it's a loss and. It absolutely is. Yes. Let's talk about this more because I feel like I went into that ultrasound expecting two heartbeats and I had one and then I didn't trust them, you know, medical hat Let's go to the ultrasound tech next door at the different facility and get a second one because mm-hmm. the other one was like, Well, you're constipated, so I can't quite see. And I'm like, My bowels are not in my uterus. Why are you saying these things? Like, okay, now well, I, definitely- I can find it. Yeah, give me that wand. Like, <laughs> seriously, I got I'll- this. <laughs> and so I, yeah, had to have two ultrasounds because my medical head didn't believe that my my girl wasn't there and she wasn't. And so as much as I wanted to be, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. There's a heartbeat. I was like crying. And my husband's like, what's wrong? We have a heartbeat. I'm like, you don't get it. There were supposed to be two. And so yeah, sure, the husband wife, you know, be on the same page with things is hard. And it was hard then again, even when we did have that flicker of a heartbeat showing. So yes, I do have a spunky three-year-old. We have no embryos left. I don't know where our road will go. Right now, my path is helping other people Hmm. and just taking care of my endometriosis in in a variety of ways. That's where I'm at because it got worse after I had Hayden. The symptoms of endometriosis did not get better. (laughs) Yeah. So what was I once thought I was told they should be better after mm-hmm. having child, they're worse. And so I'm really just working on my health in okay. a whole bunch of ways, but I'm I'm focusing on helping other people. And that is once again with legislation this year, like you said, started the nonprofit and just letting things play out and starting a business. Why not just throw a business into the whole thing? Seriously. <laughs> so let's.
0: Y'all, she owns, started Tara B. Fertility. So tell us, you and I do the coaching thing differently in the sense that I come at it from like the mental health side of things, but you really um, help women advocate for their own health. Let's talk about that because I feel like that's super, super big, but your coaching doesn't encapsulate your medical background. Like you don't, you you're a doctor, you have a doctorate. You're not a doctor when you're a coach, but you still use all of that information. And so, talk to people in in that. What do you see? Are struggles that people come up against, um, and and just where do you find? Not where do you find them, but like when they come to you, where do you see them? Like
1: they're struggling. Yes, they're confused. They're lost they're not sure what step to start or go to next. And so I've taken the approach of let's look at everything you've done up until this point and let's make sure you have things that I have found personally and professionally need to be in place in order to ensure that you're moving forward with whatever treatment you're moving forward with in the best approach. And it's so encompassing of so many things from emotional health I run them through uh, a through G method that I've created and it starts out with analyzing everything you've been through to making sure you are on the right track emotionally as an individual, but as a couple. So we incorporate that into it. What is your lifestyle? You know, you can be on certain supplements safely contrary to some people's beliefs, but let's make sure you have that lifestyle of, of, eating and mental health and supplements, and what do you wanna go forward with in your care? So it's really making sure that you're being heard because sometimes that can be overlooked in some situations. And let's make sure you're aware of like, what's the statistic of you going forward with this next, let's just use IUI as an example. If you have not, if you're just starting or you've done three, four, six rounds, are you aware of what that statistic is because chances are you're probably paying for it out of pocket or it's eating away at your insurance deductible. So most people aren't aware that there's like a 3% chance of success after three rounds of IUI. Right. Yeah. And so it's really honing in on what's your goal? What are you comfortable with moving forward? What are you not comfortable moving forward with in treatment? And let's look at all your options. Let's make sure you've really been presented with all your options and that you have things in place to, to make sure that that next step is going to be successful Yes, in the best way possible for you. So it's kind of meeting them where they're at. Let's look at what barriers they have and let's educate and make sure they know Mm -hmm. what's best for them. And so it's really, yeah, it's really dynamic.
0: And when you and I were talking off, off the air, off the air, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you were saying how important it is to be your own advocate, that that's really what you encourage people. And something that really hit me that you were talking about is like, ask us, ask us questions.
1: Yes. When, that. Yes. When you are in a medical provider's office, you're paying us for service. You have the right to ask us all the questions that you have. They're not silly. They're not stupid. They're not taking our time away you are the patient. So please ask us those questions. And if you have concerns, ask us, we're not too busy. And so if you're in a position in a, in a provider's office where you're feeling rushed or not heard, that's a concern. Mm -hmm. And so it's really knowing, I think as a patient that you're valid, like what you're feeling and your questions are valid and you should ask them.
0: I hear people a lot Tara in my practice come in because I work pretty closely with some doctors here in Nashville and they'll be like, well, I want to ask the doctor this, but I know that they're busy. And I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. You are paying them lots of money. Yes. yes. To like knock you up and, you know, make yes. you sick, but also like to make you feel comfortable, to make you feel heard. If you know somebody that, you know, has, has tried this medication and you're not being prescribed that medication you you corner them and figure out why you're not being prescribed that medication and maybe it's like that won't work for what you've got going on but at least you know you don't have to go to doctor google
1: exactly so like
0: you yes, sit yes. in there with them until you get all of your questions answered and if they start walking out the door you follow them yes it is your right as their patient like Otherwise it's malpractice, right? Absolutely. For them to treat you and not
1: hear all of your concerns. That is your right. Absolutely, and this is where I say, or it's time for a second opinion. Right. And perhaps you do end up going back to your first provider, that could happen, that's okay. But you're not tied in unless you are for whatever reason, insurance or network, You know all those things wise. You deserve to find somebody as a provider that you feel a connection and you feel heard with and that they are answering those questions. I agree. Chase them down. Ask us. You know, that's so important in all things in the medical field. But especially when you are either paying out of pocket or have these lifetime deductibles and maximums with insurance that you are heard and understood and you're comfortable and confident going forward with your health care.
0: Oh, okay. So here's what I've figured out about Tara y'all. She's like the hotel concierge for your medical reproductive journey. She's going to call your insurance and figure out so that you understand it best She's going to give you like the, the medical language to English translation of what's going on with your treatment. She can help you understand everything. Because again, what I hear so often in my caseload is I just don't understand why I don't understand all these nitty gritties. And I'm talking to all these people and they're telling me what to do. I just need somebody to figure it out for me. I got you. That's me. Tara sounds like she is your girl. To help you do that, and let me just tell you, we also went over her packages. It's super affordable. It's super affordable. That we're not just gonna leave and go get a second opinion somewhere else. Like, just call Tara. Yep, call Tara. Be Your
1: middle man, middle woman. Oops, <laughs> middle, <laughs> middle woman. 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 <laughs> I'm your missing link. Like, don't Google. Stop. Stop yourself from Googling. Come to me. You have access to me. 24-7 because I have set up in my program a way that you can ask these questions if you're not feeling heard and be heard. And I will get back to you. Stop the Google. Delete Google. I am your Google. That's, well, that's Delete Google for your infertility research. Yes. Yes. Use it for like, I don't know, where's the closest... Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you can Google. <laughs> Seriously. Where do I get the best mint
0: mojito on a nice summer day? Exactly. <gasps> that's what I want right now. Ooh. Or how do you go find Tara in South Dakota Dica- or North Dakota?
1: Yep. That's how you, that's what you Google, but everything else you leave it to me and I'll take care of it for you. I know the language. Mm-hmm. I know the ins and outs, like you said, of insurance stuff as well. So even if you do have coverage, there's some tips and tricks to utilizing that appropriately. Or if you're, like me where I spent literally 12 hours trying to get reimbursed for my own insurance coverage. I got you. That's something I can help with too. Mm -hmm. So
0: if like, just kind of closing this out already, I feel like time flies when you're having fun, even though it's fertility fun, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) We make it somewhat like
0: if let's say like I'm your best girlfriend and you want to encourage me with some truth, some nugget about, fertility and and all the things like what would you just say to me what would you say to all of the sisterhood out there that's listening to this who's struggling through infertility
1: you are worthy that is my latest <sighs> yeah you're worthy of whatever it is you want or that may be you are worthy and your feelings are valid yes this is a real thing a real diagnosis that we are going through let's even if
0: it's unexplained infertility I'm a firm believer
1: unexplained infertility just means we haven't figured it out yet right there's something because we know research is expanding every day with many things including infertility there's a reason you're not conceiving so let's let's just roll with it it's unexplained for now and, and that is a diagnosis as well like you said but you're worthy of Whatever your path may be Hmm. to building a family or, you know, that may look different as we go through this, that may change. It may shift. You are worthy and you're valid. Your feelings are valid. Oh, you know, I think so
0: often in the middle of infertility, we just want to feel empowered and validated. And I feel like that's what you've done for us today, Tara, is just say like, this is really hard. Yes. I just empathize with you in that and, um, be your own advocate. I think as a takeaway is ask your questions, be an advocate, bother us as professionals. Yes, please. We, seriously, please. <laughs> because this has to, we, you know, I've said it a hundred times, we call it a reproductive trauma. Let's not add more trauma to it. Be an advocate exactly. so that you can lessen that trauma and all the unknowns that you carry. Um, I remember in my own journey just being like, oh, it's a treatment plan. I don't really know, but like today I took a colomid pill. Like, I don't get it, but oh. here's what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, Tara, thanks for joining us today. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that?
1: Yes, you can find me at Tara B Fertility on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my website's Tara Bradner with two N's.com. B R A N D
0: N E R.
1: There you go. That is how it's spelled up here in the Northern Hemisphere. (laughs) And I am here to help you. Let me help walk beside you as a missing link or an added link that you may not have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Thrive Infertility
0: Podcast. We are here with you and we're here for you. And if you need either one of us, you know how to get a hold of us. You can find me at thequilletinstitute.com or on your socials at thequilletinstitute. I'm two L's, not two N's. Hope that you have a lovely week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive Infertility, brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Don't forget to check us out online at thequilletinstitute.com or at the Institute on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.